It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! Welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby, and it's pretty much everyone's favorite uh, favorite day of the week. It's a Ferg Friday with the one and only Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, man. I am good. I want to first thing I want to ask you about is a post that you put up earlier this week. I believe it was Monday's story mm-hmm. about Nehemiah Pritchett. Yeah. Um. He came up yester- on yesterday's show as far as, you know, talking about predicting, like, who will lead in interceptions and things like that. And we both thought Noah joined me, and he- we both kind of thought that that was um, – that he was a good pick for that, Nehemiah yeah. Pritchett. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his stats last season, uh, going to the advanced numbers, not only was he one of the most productive uh, cornerbacks in the SEC, he was one of the most productive cornerbacks in all of college football. Yeah. Um, He's a guy that didn't give up a ton of receptions, and when he did, the receptions uh, were pretty short. He didn't give up a lot of yards after catch. He's just a really disruptive cornerback. Um, you know, this was something that after the or around, I should say, the 2019 Outback Bowl, a lot of guys are talking about. Hey, Nehemiah Pritchett, watch out for him. Um, that was something that uh, Javaris Davis and Jeremiah Denson said. This guy's going to be kind of the next one up, um, and he hadn't played a ton. Yeah. But I think they saw in him a guy who's really physical. Uh, there was a lot of comparisons to him and Carlton Davis. It's kind of like, hey, he'll be, he is a long corner that's going to disrupt. Super Bowl champion Carlton Davis to you, sir. Absolutely. And uh, he's, he's going to be a guy that just is really disruptive. He's going to use his length in a, in a good way. And we saw that last season. There were a lot of teams that didn't really throw the ball quite as much at Roger McCreary. Mm-hmm. So he got a lot of traffic, and in that lot, in that lot of traffic, he was one of the best cornerbacks in, in, in the country. And we talked about him a lot last offseason before we really knew a whole lot about him. It's like this guy backed up Noah Igbenogany for two years. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is kind of his chance to you – know, he's the next guy up. And then a few weeks before the season started – Jalen Simpson like emerged yep. out of nowhere. It's like, oh, is he the number two guy? We didn't see that coming. But over the course of the season, like I think it's clear which one of them was more productive. Yeah, and Simpson had that injury in the Kentucky game that sure. kind of kind of threw him off. But they yeah. they found different ways to get him on the field. But yeah, I think Pritchett did a really good job with his with, with his opportunities. Um, I mean, in pretty much every one of these advanced categories, if he was not first in the SEC or not you know top two, he was he was behind only Patrick Sertan and. That's, he's pretty good. He's he's going to end up being the number one cornerback in this upcoming class, um, and is a prodigy at playing cornerback. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm very fascinated to see where this this goes next season for him. And he's another one of those just success stories for Auburn and in, in, in scouting and development. Where it's you know he's not a highly rated guy from South Alabama. He's very similar to Roger McCreary's kind of kind of background. Um, you know, being down in Jackson and. It's like, all right, I know what the rankings say. I know what, you know, the coaching staff is like, I know what the rankings say. This guy's better than, you know, other people are giving him credit for, and he's already proven it. Yeah, yeah. Do you see the way the cornerbacks were used changing at all under Derek Mason and then being coached by Zach Etheridge? 
Kevin Steele ran a lot of bump and run on mm-hmm. the outsides. In fact, when they went zone, they, they were significantly worse in pass coverage. Do you think that's going to be something that you see continuing on with this new regime? I think they'll probably lean on man, but they will mix it up a lot with zone. That's Do you something. think they'll be better at zone? Well, Roger McCreary, there was a stat from Pro Football Focus the other day that said over the last two seasons of college football, I think Roger McCreary was the second best zone corner. Really? It's just they didn't do it a ton, and you know, it's just one guy, right? Yeah. Um. So I think he's capable of doing it. I'm just interested in what like what the other corners and the, and the safeties do behind him. But yeah, you're going to see a lot of mixing up because the and whole- zone's going to be tougher on the safeties than it is corner. I mean, corner, you just kind of got that outside of the field. You can use right. the sideline to help you. Yeah. And so the thing with the Derek Mason defenses is that be prepared for anything it's very much like the like brian harson mike Bubba's offensive philosophy they're going to mix up they're going to do a lot of different things so i think when we go to from from with the pass rush and the defensive fronts are set up to what the, what goes on in secondary you know the kevin Steele defense was and it was awesome when it worked and it worked for way more uh, way more time than it didn't work it was hey we're going to rush for have seven in coverage. We're going to do a lot of a lot of you said bump and run coverage. Have two guys over the top. Yeah, and it'll work. But you knew it was coming. This defense is going to be more of they're going to mix things up. They're going to change change things up. And I think having that secondary where you have Pritchett coming back, you have McCreary coming back, you have Simpson coming back, uh, you have Smoke Monday at safety. That's a that and a, and a, an experienced group of linebackers. You should be pretty solid in pass defense next season. The three corners you just mentioned that, that we've talked about so far on the show, do you think all of them will be on the field at the same time? Well, I mean, it would be interesting to see who goes in the nickel next season um, with Christian Tut not being around. Ladarius Tennyson is, is that the officially one. done? I believe so. I mean, nobody's like reported that he's coming back. It's I believe he's like, still can, in the draft. Yeah, like, can he come back? Cause he signed with an agent. Like, I don't, I don't really. That's been a weird story uh, yeah. so far. It was a weird saga, and I think it was pretty much confirmed that he was not coming back to Auburn. Sure, Ladarius Tennyson was a guy who got a lot of run there last season. Um, tremendous upset with him. Yeah, I think you need three corners, and Simpson. You know, with the way, with the way they ended up playing last year. You know, Simpson got in a little bit once he came back from his injury. They kind of had to move. That the, the game against Ole Miss, where they basically ran a ran, ran him at uh, at linebacker to kind of to kind of float with with that with the way Ole Miss was playing offense. Yeah, I, I think I'm very curious to see how who they put at nickel, who emerges at nickel. But anyway, you ha- anyway you slice it, you need three reliable cornerbacks at the SEC level. Looking at what Derek Mason did at Vanderbilt and his stint at Stanford, did he run a lot of nickel? Yeah, and, and, and the I mean, nickel, you, you almost have to at this yeah, point. Yeah, nickel but. nickel is the base defense now. I mean, yeah. it's like I want to say in the NFL now, it's like almost eighty percent of the snaps are, are with a nickel on the field. Sure, and, and then it, it's like third and two and less. Yeah, in college <laughs> yeah. and in college, I think it's even higher at this point, especially with the, the teams you have to play in the SEC. So yeah, you're going to see a ton of nickel. Um, you're gonna see dime. You're gonna see. You're gonna see a lot of different variations of things. What did he do with his defensive front when he put more DBs on the field? Did uh, he take them off from the linebackers? Did he did he move another down lineman to you know four guys on the line when they put more guys back? What did that look like? Usually a linebacker gets sacrificed there. Um, you switch between a three or four man front um, and kind of play around with what with your edge rushers. Yeah. Sometimes they'll look like linebackers. Sometimes they'll look like defensive ends. Yeah, but yeah, basically, usually you just kind of sacrifice a linebacker to try to get back. The coverage is usually 
something akin to like a four two five or a three two six or something like that when you when you switch switch in this this kind of system and it's just going to be a matter of you know who has their hand in the dirt right at the right at the point of the attack and it could be anybody because they like to move guys around. Yeah, Auburn's corners and and I'm going to lump Tennyson in there too just since we're talking about corners and yeah. nickels here. They're all going to be good at playing close to the line of scrimmage. So there's going to be a lot of versatility there. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a ton of versatility. And there's some young guys at corner that we haven't seen a ton of yet that have really, really high upsides. I mean, remember Marco Domeo right. um, uh, is one to keep in mind. Eric Reed's gotten a lot of uh, – now, some of these guys could be safeties and corner. Like, there's going to be a lot of mix, mixing things up going on there. Um, but uh, they went out and got another Juco corner. Uh, in, in this cycle, so there's going to be a ton of depth at that position, and I'm very curious to see how they how they make it all work. You're listening to Locked On Auburn, the one place that we trust throughout the Locked On Podcast Network for all of your online betting needs. You know it; it's BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA and college basketball, the NHL. They're all going full speed, and then, of course, baseball is right around the corner. Bet Online even covers reality shows. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. No spaces, all one word. BetOnline. Dot .ag your online sportsbook experts It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number 1 selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us on this Ferg Friday. So what's been going on at the uh, at the site these days? <laughs> well, this week kind of threw us all for a loop, right? You know, you come in and say, okay, it's going to be another standard week. You get a Tuesday night basketball game. You right. got to build around that. And then I was like, no, actually, you're going to get a Thursday afternoon basketball game question mark and yeah. then I was like no you're not getting that either right um so had to mix it up a little bit you, you mentioned the Nehemiah Pritchett story on Monday uh on Wednesday uh we broke down I broke down every one of Auburn's uh scholarship receivers and just said hey here's what they brought to the table last season here's what they look like for the future here's how they could fit into a Brian Harson and, and Mike Bobo offense uh, we did a uh, mailbag because, again, we thought we were going to be writing about basketball on Friday. Right. Uh, did a mailbag podcast episode on Thursday, Painter and I. We went, I think we went like an hour and a half on that one. So there's nice. a lot of stuff in that. Uh, some really, really good and fun questions. Uh, more football than basketball than usual, and then some just general nonsense at the end. But uh, yeah, you can check that out if you're a subscriber. $6 a month, $60 a year, AuburnObserver.com. Yeah, interest in basketball right now is definitely dropped off i don't, I don't like, blame anyone yeah but. It's, it's like up and down you get it like right at the game like right at the game people will get and, and winning cures everything you know if people, if they're winning people are clicking on it but when they went in that little rut you just you were like all right how who, you know how, how can you write about this team that people are going to care about and um we'll see i think i'll have a basketball story by the time you guys are listening to this on friday there will probably be a basketball story up sure. on the side as well 
I mean, can can Auburn ever get to the point as a fan base where like the interest is actually equal with football? I mean, no. I mean, what would Bruce have to do in that scenario? Because I know a lot of people want to say, you know, Auburn is a basketball school, and I think it's pretty close to that. Yeah, I, I really yeah. do. But as far as just interest, and you know, talking with folks where you know where you can look at downloads or you can look at clicks on things, like mm-hmm. the interest isn't there. I mean. Even with their final four run, like they had that two week stretch where like everything that you did Auburn basketball was absolute gold. But outside of that, like there's still like you may care about it, but you don't read or listen to things about it. I go back to the time period when Florida was winning national titles in basketball and football as well. And football was still the king there. So like I think it's always going to be that way because it's it's that big of a cultural spot. I mean, if you look at it in major college basketball or yeah major college basketball the the number of schools that have that play football and you would say that their football program is equal or ex or the basketball program is equal or exceeding the football team in popularity north carolina duke kentucky kansas that's pretty much it yeah there's not a, there's not a ton of, even schools that are really really good at, at, at basketball so um, I think it just needs to continue to grow and grow and grow. I think it could get to a point where it is a sustainable machine in terms of popularity, um, but that's probably going to take you know, a national title, maybe another Final Four run, just consistently getting deep in terms winning some more SEC titles. I think More guys in the NBA. Yeah, that'll always, that'll always help. So, you're, I mean, it, it, it's, it's funny to see it because it's, it's taken a lot of hard work and time to get to this point, but if you look big picture-wise – this is still early in the Auburn ba- Auburn becoming a basketball school kind of renaissance. You yeah, know, you, you're right. You should say like, and even back when they were really really good in the 80s and the 90s, football was still the king there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think it's going to be consistently just kind of build on it and build on it and try to upgrade on some things that you haven't done before. I mean, I'm really excited to see you know in a decade from now when we look back at this time period, yeah. uh, like this has been. Really, I mean, the last few years have been like a golden era of college sports, mm-hmm. or for Auburn sports, excuse me. And I know some folks will roll their eyes at that because like football hasn't won anything. But when you look at basketball and baseball, and you know, we just had a you know, we got to watch an awesome run with softball that a lot of people really cared about. And mm-hmm. baseball won the College World Series. Yeah, and it's it's been an amazing era for Auburn. And if Harsey can help get this program to the next level, I mean, you talk about being elite in the top three sports like that would be that would be crazy yeah and it's something that not a lot of teams have that luxury with and i'm not a, i'm not an auburn baseball expert by any means but like getting into the point where you are going to the college world series you are one of the top teams in the sec which is so so hard to do um there's not a whole lot of teams like that in in college there was a conversation that somebody was having the other day um i was actually talking to my brothers about it somebody brought it up on twitter it's like hey auburn has Charles Barkley, Bo Jackson, and Frank Thomas. Is there another school that has a sports big three that can kind of there's not can can, can kind of compare? And I and I had a hard time coming up with anything that could even come close to that. Um, and I think that shows you something, right? Like I think that shows you that not only is the history there, but there's also potential at this point because you can go to the last decade, and you know Auburn went to a national title in football. They right. went to a Final Four in 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 football. They went to the College World Series in baseball. You went to two college World Series as the softball team. We've seen heights from other programs as well. That's building an all-around thing. And Auburn fans love to, especially when they compare themselves to Alabama, they love to kind of poke out their chest and say, hey, we're not Alabama. We care about all of our sports, and it's not just a football-only thing. And to get to that point and to continue building that point, 
you got to get better in everything. And I think uh, I think several programs on campus have gotten to that point. Yeah, I love the everything school thing. I think that's yeah. solid branding that Auburn's done. And look, I mean, like Florida did it for so long, and yeah. it's what they're still known for. Even when they're, I mean, their basketball team's not what it used to. Their football team's, you know, getting back there, but it's not what they what they've used to, used to be. And they still have that identity, though, and they still have that branding that you they come in, in the front of your hand. It's like, you're oh, right, Florida, though. they're going to be good at everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, in any sport, whenever you see Florida coming up next on the schedule, you're like, oh, that's going to be tough. I don't care if there's not yeah. a number next to them. It's still going to be a tough game. There is not a sport that you can pull up where you see Florida on the schedule and you're not, and you're not thinking, oh, they're going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Justin Ferguson joining us. This is Locked On Auburn. Let's take a second and talk about the best-tasting protein bar Ever. They've got new flavors out. People are absolutely loving them. They've got a flash sale going on for their coconut puff bar. Luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, and it's made with premium college protein blend. 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 6 grams of sugar. It's gluten-free, preservative-free. It's a limited-time-only sale going on right now. So head over to BuiltBar.com to check all that out. And, of course, uh, they've got all other kinds of flavors that are very good for you, high in protein, low in calorie. It's it's fantastic. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order. That's at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin Ferguson, final few minutes of this week's Ferg Friday. I got to ask, I know you had such a good relationship with Gus Malzahn, mm-hmm. um, it's been cool to see him kind of having fun down in Orlando. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great move for him. Um, the man loves coaching football. Like people ask, you know, what is he going to do all day? You know, what is he going to do, you know, with all that money? So many people would say, hey, I'm getting <laughs> this much millions of dollars to not work. I wouldn't work. I ain't going to work. This man's wired differently. He right. has done, he has been a football coach his entire adult life. Yeah. And it's what he loves to do. I'm glad he got an opportunity to bounce back this quickly and get a good job. I mean, that UCF job... It's a perfect fit. That UCF job is better than a lot of Power 5 jobs. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a really good fit for him there. I'm curious to see how long he stays there. Is it going to be a situation where if he succeeds... Does, is this kind of his second chapter of his of his career, and he like just turns UCF into something where they're super super consistent, mm-hmm. one of the best in Group Five, or does he use that to springboard into a, to another Power Five job in the future? I think Travis Williams being a defensive coordinator Love that is, for him. is great. Yep, because there's so many Auburn fans. You see them on Twitter, and, and again with all the stuff going on with with uh, you know Harson staff being put together. Um, there there's a number of Auburn fans, and I and I see the vision with them. Uh, that would love to see Travis Williams be the first black head coach of Auburn football one day. Sure. And I think in order to get to that point somewhere in the future, he's got to continue to progress in his career, and that was going to probably happen away from Auburn University. Uh, Becoming a defensive coordinator is that next step. I think he's going to be great in that role. They're going to recruit their tails off down there. I'm very interested to see how how his offensive coordinator, all that works out. Mm -hmm. But – yeah, I can I couldn't think of a th- couldn't think of a better fit. It's just really really interesting how 
it all worked. All this is happening. Now, Malzahn would probably be sidelined in 2021 if Tennessee wouldn't have gotten Danny White, who uh-huh. would have gotten Josh Heupel, who <laughs> would have opened up the UCF job. And, heck, man, UCF's got a better head coach than Tennessee. I'll say it. Yes. I, Tennessee should I have hired you. UCF's, coach and, uh, UCF's current coach instead of their last coach. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, I love that Travis Williams is defensive coordinator there now because I think it makes it less of a reach for Auburn to eventually hire him to be a defensive coordinator. Yep, and it also takes the sting out of it, Auburn fans, that you that he's not in Miami doing the same job he was here. Like Brian yes. Harson, Brian Harson wanted to bring his own staff in. He wanted to get his own guys right, and a lot of people wanted Travis Williams to be a part of that staff. Didn't work out that way. Right, he went to Miami. I think it was going to sting seeing like, oh, man, dude having success as a position coach. Well, now he's going to UCF, and it's like, well, he got a, he got a promotion. You know? You're you know, right. If that job would have came – like, say Travis Williams would have been retained as the linebackers coach at Auburn, inside linebackers coach at Auburn under Brian Harson, and Gus still goes to UCF, you know that first call he's going to be making is still going to be to Travis Williams. So you might still be in this position anyway. You're right. At least now you have your staff intact. You're right. Uh, I think that's a great point. I really thought about it from that angle. But – I think Auburn's going to be looking for a new defensive coordinator within the next two seasons, just because I think if Mason succeeds, I think I think he's a head coach coach candidate. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, In the SEC or not, I think he is well liked and well respected enough throughout the industry, you know, throughout coaching circles, where I think he will get a call regardless of what the defense looks like at some point. So at that point, it's like okay, you know, there's a few different options, you know, with, with folks. Um, on staff that Harson really, really trusts, but if Travis Williams has a year or two of solid DC experience uh, at, at UCF, that's a much easier phone call to make. Yeah, and I'm very curious to see. I've always thought that Travis Williams would have been a, would be a fantastic head coach. I think he could have made that that Dabo Swinney or PJ Fleck kind of jump, whereas I'm a position coach and now I'm a head coach, and uh-huh. you could have kind of skipped over coordinator. It's really hard to do that. Um, so the fact that he is getting a coordinator run is going to help him out for the future of becoming a head coach one day. But yeah, I think he's he's got the perfect he's got the perfect personality, he's got the perfect work work ethic, the connection he has to to his um, to his players, you know, throughout the years. And I think it's going to be no different at UCF. Uh, makes him a makes him a guy I think it will one day be a head coach. And a lot of Auburn fans I think hope it happens at Auburn whenever it happens down the line. I know it's something that. Uh, would be a really cool cool thing to see. Yeah, I, I've got nothing but respect for Travis Williams, for sure. Give us the rundown one more time of uh, what folks can get at, uh, at the Auburn Observer. Uh, the story we talked about, about Nehemiah Pritchett and a lot of stats and numbers in there for him. Check that out. That was up on Monday at the site. Uh, story breaking out all of Auburn's wide receivers up on, on Wednesday. Uh, the, the podcast, the mailbag podcast, is already out there. Uh, we'll have another basketball story coming up. And then hopefully this weekend we can be writing about uh, about Auburn LSU podcasting about that. Hopefully this weather will cooperate, uh, and you know some some <laughs> some the people who are like really really in trouble out there to the west of us can can get the help they need because that, that is a rough rough uh, time. But yeah, AuburnObserver.com, six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year gets you access to all that, and we have a podcast uh, for free on the weekends. That is Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. We'll be back on Monday right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.